I, you know, I said I, I really enjoy it and it has kept me invested the whole time. Like, I still love my job as much as I did when I started because just the influence you can have on people and, you know, when you sit down with them and give them some advice and it helps them and you see you help them get to where they want to get to, it's just really, um, you know, that, that's how I get my job satisfaction. Let's go. All right. <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I say, mate, we just had footy this morning, which um, didn't get the chocolate. So, you yeah. know, that stings a little bit. But, you know, it's good to be out there. You know, footy's been back a couple of weeks now. So, yeah, yeah just need to get a bit fitter. As cruising. It, yeah. Not like, yeah. Not like when you're um, 24 and, you, you know, you go out all weekend and then um, you're still right for footy the next week. It's just, that's literally a, a three-day recovery. Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, welcome to another episode of the Drinks with Jackson podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jackson. And today, uh, there's a bit of a fucking backstory to this one. Eh? I've got <laughs> Billy Bagley in front of me. Uh, we went to uni together for a little bit. I actually shared a room with him in China when we studied over there for a little bit. Um yeah, no, that was a um, yeah. pretty interesting three weeks, wasn't oh, it? Wasn't it? Fucking <laughs> six, seven years ago now. Yep. Uh, and no surprise, we're sipping a sintow. Yeah. Um, the um, the nectar of the gods over in China. Oh fuck! Remember the uh, the cans come in like a and a fitted Aldi bag. Yeah, no, it was very good. Yeah, yes. and we used to like you'd break one strap. And hang it out the window because the fridge wasn't cold enough. Like yeah, it, no. Typical um, uni. They they got us in the cheapest to com, which yeah. had no you know fridges, nothing. So we had to yeah come at our own ways to keep the beer cold. Yeah, shit. But no, they still taste as good as they did back then. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if good's the right way to fucking describe them, but yeah. No, uh, we lived off them for a bit. I'm a pretty um, simple man, mate. As long as it's. Um, beer it's pretty good to go <laughs> oh yeah so uh just for the listeners sake do you mind just giving a bit of a rundown as to who you are and what you do yeah of course yes as, as jackson said my name is billy um i'm an accountant in shepparton um at, with uh plus one group um i've been there for almost 11 years now so i was i was quite lucky to um yeah start my job and my uni um degree at the same time um, yeah, with um, a lot of the firms in Shepparton, they allow you to study and work at the same time. So, yeah, just um, pretty pretty boring uni life because it was work for eight hours, uni for four, three hours after that. So, yeah, um, did it did it that way. Um, yeah, really enjoying it now. So, yeah, um, um, yeah, that's that's probably that that's a bit about me. Um, yeah. yeah, is that the cadetship? Is yeah, that what they used to call it or still do? Yeah, yeah. So we still we still offer it. Um, yeah, it is a cadetship. So, yeah, I said. Um, yeah, I just put my I put my resume in everywhere around around Shepparton, and they yep. gave me a call back. And yeah, I was lucky enough to, to get a job there when I was eighteen. Yeah, and yeah, just in, and was already enrolled in uni. So actually, I didn't start till the July. So I had six months of full time uni, and then yeah, I was able to then dial that back a bit and only do two subjects, and then yeah, still say work full time and uni part time. So it did take me a little bit longer to do uni, but yeah, obviously got all the experience of working in a firm for that stage, and then yeah. With the Shepherd and Latrobe, they offered um, yeah extracurricular um, through winter and summer breaks, offering subjects through that. Exactly yeah. right. So yeah, after a little while, we stepped up to sort of three subjects a um, a semester, and then did picked up the winter and summer. So you're able to still do the full time full term uni yep. with with the job, and yeah, and then yeah, as as you mentioned earlier, finished off pretty well. I was able to go and get onto a study tour. And yeah, that was knocked off two subjects in two, in in uh, three weeks, and that yeah. was that was how I finished off my. It's a bit of a piss take, wasn't it? 
It was <laughs> like it was like the good thing about the Shepherd and Latrobe is I think that like Melbourne they feel a bit sorry for the rural campuses because they do. I remember like we were like two or four people from Shepparton that went and there was about about 30 that went in, in total. Yeah. I think, and they were sort of saying, the ones from Melbourne were saying they had to go through a couple of interviews and things like that to get on, mm. whereas we just, I just, put me, I just put my application and they gave me a phone call and I was in. So, yeah. yeah, we got a little bit of grace there, which is nice. Oh, 100%. 100%. Even with uh, the study loans, I think they offered like five or six grand cash, like as a loan to help assist like financially fund the trip. Yeah, I remember we were able to um, put a fair bit of it on, on the um, – Like draw down your hex. Yeah, yeah, no. Ex- in the cash, which yeah. is pretty sweet. Yeah, no, that was good. Um, yeah. yeah, but it was it was quite good. You know, hats off to La Trobe. They, they were allowed, um, you know, people that might not have been able to do that otherwise to be able to get – you know, it was a pretty unique experience. Like, yeah. You know, China's – biggest country in the world and it was just interesting to get over there to see you know the different the different culture and different aspects of how they operate it was pretty um eye-opening a lot of it yeah it's uh a bit crazy i don't know if i'd want to go over there at the moment eh? it's a bit of shit going on by the oh, sounds it's, of it. it's it's like a, the, the the um the risk you take with any um overseas travel yeah, though like you don't know what, communist countries too you don't yeah exactly and you don't know what you're going to get till you get there um but yeah I, I just remember we landed there got on the bus and got to where we were staying and you get out of the bus it feels like it's 5 a.m in the morning and they're like, oh no it's actually 2 p.m but the fog was that bad it, oh, it felt like it felt like a so. morning fog out on a farm sort of thing it was yeah. ridiculous and now the masks, I reckon it was on the back end of the trip when we got this, the bullet train back to Beijing. Uh, you had to wear the masks and, yeah, it was not good at all. Well, I'm not sure if you remember. We were actually pretty fortunate because, yeah, we did, what, it was about a week in um, Beijing. Then we went to Shanghai for four or five days. And then we come back. Yeah, and then we come back had another week in, in Beijing. But that four days were in Shanghai. There was like a lockdown in Beijing because the fog was that bad. Yeah. So the, the kids didn't go to school, only so like – The odds and even cars. Like yeah, yeah. Monday, so, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, so yeah. only like, yeah, people with even number plates were allowed to drive on one day, then odds the next. So it was just nuts yeah. and – you think it'd be from all the factory and everything like that, but it's actually from all the bloody like like that's a factor. Don't get me wrong, but a lot yeah. of the um, air conditioners because like, you remember it was negative three, negative four outside freezing, and you get into the hotel and you'd be in your footy shorts well, and singlets because they're just pumping the heat that bad. Yeah, yeah it's fucking yeah. I I don't know how they go about it to be honest. Like just their mindset and the way they go about day to day things. Just makes you question. I don't know. Oh, it was as I said, it was it was pretty interesting and like you know just the way that. You know, obviously the, the media and that, they, they influence them a lot and yeah. you know, they don't get that much outside knowledge. So that that's a factor too. But, you know, I remember when we asked one of the one of the tutors, you know, that was giving us a lecture saying, you know, what's, what's your solution to the, um, to the pollution? And they just go, oh, well, some days it's windy. Yeah, so you yeah just it blows think, the wind. Yeah, so yeah, you just yeah. think like these guys are probably going to be, like they'll, they will build giant fans before they try and fix their problem. Like yeah. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. nuts. I, I, I I do remember we went uh, to a marketing firm and, you know, like you, ha- you weren't allowed to ask controversial questions because of the whole uh, the cultural ideology of keeping face. Yes, yes. And someone said, why are you copying Facebook with WeChat? Yep. And they're like, no, WeChat's better. You can transfer money. And it's like, well, oh, yeah, but you stole it. There, yeah. was, there was that one lecturer that pretty much it was a two-hour session of this, them telling us how China was better than you know, everywhere else. else. And you yep. just think like, you know, it's not his fault. Like that's just the way they're brought up. That's the way they're told. But yeah, yeah. like it was, I said, the, the different culture, like the food was, the food was pretty, um, like Sticky it was. rice, watermelon and chicken feet for breakfast. 
that, that was in the Bay Marie every fucking morning. Yeah, yeah, know. no, that was that was pretty good. But like, even when we went out, like I was, like I was shocked because you you have your Chinese food here, you've got your sweet and sour pork, your black bean, and everything like that, and you get none of that over there. Like, it's actually nice culturally, like food over there. Yeah, hundred like, percent. You get like the nice big fish with the rice and everything, and mm-hmm. then you know you just as Western cultures do, we just butcher their culture, uh, their their food, yeah. and we just get yeah, just just the basics filled with MSG. <laughs> what, what was that? Uh, it's a bit. It, it was tongue in cheek. The name of that joint that we used to go to It was every night we went there. Yeah, uh, the nightclub, and there was like a Mexican joint attached to it. Yeah, that was yeah, that was very good. Yeah. Um, oh, but even I, like I, I found the card when I was moving houses. <laughs> I, I I've just got like a box of cards, and oh, yeah, fuck. I'll, I'll remember it. But, yeah, yeah, even like that 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 was the biggest positive. Like, you imagine if you're famous going over there. Mm. You know, they don't they, know what white people they, they like. pride themselves on their white, their pale skin and everything like that. And obviously us being Australian, you know, we I remember in Shanghai we met a club promoter and she's like, just go to this club, tell them we sent you and they'll look after you for the night. And we got there and it was like really prestigious. And they're like, oh, yeah, come in, guys, come in. Um, Free drinks t- took us, own table. Took us to the front of the dance floor and there's just this booth with all this alcohol on it. And they're like, you guys have this. What? Oh, we haven't paid any money. Like, no, no, you just have that. Enjoy yourself and, you know, you know, mingle if you want. Just just enjoy yourself. So we're, like, we're going hammering song. Like, fuck, this is how good this, you know, free grog, yeah. partying up. And then you, you don't realise. So you're on the dance floor and there's all these booths just watching you. They come interact with you. They're like, Made you feel a bit like animals at the zoo, zoo but animals for sure. But it, end of the day, mate, you're getting free grog. Of course, you're just going to keep going. And, and, <laughs> and it was good grog too, like Grey Goose vodka. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. And yeah, you're right. There was there was no beers. It was all just spirit and mixes. Like yeah. it was, yeah, no, it was pretty good. Remember the runner in the group? He had to go into an ambulance. Yeah, there was because there was a few of us that went out every single night. Obviously, you know, We're pretty conditioned. Yeah, a lot of us, you know, there was a big. Uh, mix of people and you know some of us were there for different reasons you'd say and we were there just to you know enjoy ourselves like, I, I don't have to take much time off for holidays so I'm thinking oh this is a holiday with a bit of study involved yeah, yeah. so um yeah we all went out and one bloke was telling us how he used to be a bloody a bartender and he could drink heaps and in the supermarkets they were selling like 50% alcohol and he's sitting there before we went out drinking some of it drinking some of it and I'll never ever forget I look, I'm on the dance floor I look over at the um at the booth and he grabs a bottle of vodka and lifts it up to, to scull it and then just keeps going and just hits the deck and lays on his back and the ambulance had to get called because he's just like alcohol poisoning straight to hospital. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wonder how his travel insurance went with that one. Gee whiz. Yeah, and then we had to – oh, that morning, you know, we had to have a big meeting about, you know, responsible – I don't think they went back to China after us. Yeah, well, I, I think they did have a year or two off and I think we went – was it 15 or 16 we went? 16. And then, you know, a couple of years later, COVID, so you know, no, yeah, nothing happened. Good point. But I think they're kicking it off again because a girl, a girl at um, a girl at work, she's thinking about doing it, and she's like, "Oh, you know, was it good?" I'm like, oh, "Was it good?" Let's see. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a good couple of weeks. Mm. So, uh, I've been wanting to do a podcast with an accountant or just someone that's a bit more like, yes, you're financially disciplined, but you've got the uh, job to back it yep. as well. Yep. And a lot of accountants, you know. People say, oh, they're boring and same with financial advisors. Uh, can I just ask, being a loose unit yourself, how did you get into the uh, field of accounting and what inspired you to pursue a career a career in it? Um, so I was never pretty good with, you know, the physical stuff at, at school and outside of school. Yeah. Um, always liked my math, my numbers and that sort of stuff. And, yeah, when 
I was in VCA, did accounting and business, and and I liked it a fair bit. Did some did some work experience, and I thought, you know, this is um, this is probably where I want to go. And then yeah, in year twelve, my old man just sat me down and he goes, "You better be, you better be decent at school because you shit you shit at everything else. So you're gonna have to get something with your brain." I'm like, "Oh, that's a copper too, isn't he?" Like, he's yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and "Oh," and, and like you know, he's obviously you know, I lived with him for seventeen years. He knows he knows me, you know. Front and back, so I'm like, yeah, well, fair play, Dad, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then as, as I was saying earlier, I was just lucky enough to um to get the job, um, yeah. and yeah, really enjoyed it. You know, it's it's quite good. You know, I didn't really um appreciate it right at the, at the start because you sort of walk into a a career job at 18, and you know, if you apply yourself, you can really uh, get pretty far. And you know, you probably when you're a bit younger, you know, you know, the world joys to everything like you probably don't appreciate as much, and then you know, you you get into it and you see the impact that you have on people, you know, when you're talking to them about their business and how much you can influence and help them. And, you know, that, that's probably the main reason I've stayed in, like, I've, I, you know, is that I, I really enjoy it and it has kept me invested the whole time. Like I still love my job as much as I did when I started because just the influence you can have on people and, you know, when you sit down with them and give them some advice and it helps them and you see you help them get to where they want to get to, it's just really, um, you know, that, that's how I get my job satisfaction. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- are there any common misconceptions about people in accounting? Well, probably the one that we're all, you know, we're all boring and we're all losers. Like, yeah. you know, there definitely would be a few, few of them, but I know everyone in my firm, you know, we, we work quite hard, we play hard as well, you know. Yep. You know, you've always got to have that balance. Um, so me, myself, we, our, our firm specialises in transport, so I'm dealing with a lot of transport operators a lot and, you know, You've got to be pretty down to earth, you know, um, and just to speak to, well, speak to most people that are in, in business and things like that. They don't want the full financial analysis. They don't want the bookworm sitting there telling them everything yeah. like that. And and they, they don't just, want it sugarcoated either. They just want someone to, ta- to talk to them. They're just, just like just yeah. like me and you. Just, they just want someone to talk to them. And, you know, that that's, again, that that's where I really, really enjoy myself. Like, you know, I try and get out of the office as much as I can. I was actually up in Brisbane the last couple of days at the truck show, into, um, you know, meeting a few people. A lot of clients go up there. So, you know. As much as that's probably another big misconception, actually, uh, Jackson, is that people think you just, you know, you sit there, you reconcile the books, that's all you do. But it's all like a lot of it's about people, you know, with all the automation that's coming into our industry, a lot of the, like the source, like the processing, it's not there anymore because the computer, um, sorry, the computer programs are doing that for you. So it's about, you know, getting the data that's already there presented for you, interpreting it, applying it to the business, and then offering advice to, to them on that. And I said, it's about sitting down with them talking to them is it like if i had my way I'd be, I'd be in the office two days a week on the road three days a week just seeing people and you know we're, we're lucky that we've got a, a pretty big client base all over victoria and australia so yeah it allows me to travel a fair bit for work which i really enjoy yeah sick uh in your experience what are the most common financial challenges for individuals um i think yeah especially for probably people our age and definitely the next generation coming through money management is probably a, a pretty big um, ticket item yeah because you see like you look at what's happened over the last you know let's say five years and you know interest rates have been at an all-time low and i i highly doubt we'll ever see them that low again you know when you're getting loans at in the one percent like that's that's ridiculous Crazy. and it's not that, that doesn't breed a healthy economy and you know since people were so it was so easy to get money they think oh geez you know you've got 24 25 year olds building buying land building million dollar houses which you know you talk to anyone of the generation above our parents are like oh back in my day i had to get a loan at 17 percent and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. so i think where we're at now with it you know probably floating between the five to seven mark probably five percent a healthy economy but we're just you know everyone's got short-term memory because it, it's everyone just thinks oh shit me my home loans doubled in two or 
like twice or three times, but realistically it's probably just reverted back to the norm. Yeah. Like I, I brought I brought my house a bit before the the craze in 2017, I think, and I I got an introductory loan at 4.8 percent sort of thing. So yeah. you think that's only five years ago? It's not it's not that long ago. Yeah, it's just you've yeah rode the dip pretty and, well. And yeah, so since money's been so easy to come about, you know, we're it's almost like we forgot how to save. So you know, you, hundred bucks comes in, hundred bucks goes out. Mm. Whereas you know, you talk to your parents, and you know they had to, they really had to budget their lifestyle. So I feel as though you know, going forward now, that's going to be a pretty big issue for people that you know they've got to change the way that they behave realistically, yeah. and especially over the next it's probably if it hasn't already happened now, it'll happen pretty soon. Where um, you like a lot of people to fix their home loans into say two or three percent, and they're going to come back into an environment of six six and a half. So they're potentially they, they're going like tripling like that straight away. So that's going to be a fairly big reality check for some people, yeah. And I think, yeah, that, that sort of stuff is, you know, where people might get a bit, not, not confused, but they're just not aware of, you know, the impact of that sort of stuff. Sure. Uh, what advice, like obviously it's like keeping up with the Joneses, I feel. Social media has played a quite, quite a large part, you know. A lot of people our age, um, and I was talking to you off mic about uh, – most of the people that listen to this, uh, you know, between 23 and 33. Um, yep. Brand matters, apparently, the social media craze. Obviously, we need to learn to save, but is there anything else you can sort of see ways of us sort of overcoming these challenges? Um, I think it's just, you know, it's the small things. You ought, to hear, you ought to hear people, you know, spruik it and things like that, like just, you know, instead of eating out four times a week twice a week, you know, just cut down some of that lifestyle stuff that, you know, sure. your people have got used to. Um, and, yeah, we've got a financial planner at work who is, he, he lives by this and I, I do too because I, you know, I, I think it's a sound bit of advice and it's there's only one thing better than paying off your home loan and that is paying off your home loan. Because where I, even when I speak to a lot of my mates, like they'll um, they'll save money, which is great. They, sa- they save their money, but what they'll be doing is they'll have it like, say, same they might have 10 grand, 20 grand in the bank and they're just saving that up and then they're just making their minimum repayments on their home loan. Yeah. Whereas all home loans now, they have a redraw facility. Yeah. So just pump it into that. E- and then e- if you need the money, pull it out. Exactly right. Because, yeah. and this is where it feeds into the tax. If you, you've got, you say you got 20 grand away and you're earning interest on that and, you know, you haven't earned much over the last couple of years because interest rates have been so low, but now you're probably getting maybe two or 3%. So if you've got a, a fair nest, there, you're probably earning a decent amount of interest. You pay tax on that interest. You have to declare that in, as revenue in your tax return. So, you know, every dollar that you make, 30% you're paying to the government, if not more. Yeah. Whereas on your home loan, you're say offsetting you're, you're offsetting 6% and you're not paying tax on that. So you're getting a double, double effect. So you're saving 6% on that deposit and then you're also um, not paying tax on that. So it's win-win. Ex- exactly right. And, you know, that would be my one piece of advice is if you've got excess money, just commit even if it's an extra 50 bucks a week or 100 bucks a week, that will cut your loan down by 10 years if you're on a 30-year loan. Yep. It's another 100 bucks a week. Like give or take, that's not law. Don't get me wrong. But yep. just by doing something little by, like that, you know, 50 bucks a week, um, hundred bucks a week, even even less, even twenty bucks a week. It's still going to because just since your loan interest is compounding, just by reducing that little by little on top of what you're already paying, it just goes such a long way in in the long run. You know, you might do that, and you know, say you get five years down, and you've got a nice little offset there. You might want to use that to buy an investment property and things like that. Look, it's just the exact same way of sp- um, saving as if you had a savings account. It's just in a different um, vehicle. Yeah, that's no, a good one. Yep. Uh 
Anthony Murphy, I had him on the podcast, Detention Media. He runs that in Shep. Uh, following his socials, he put up a poll uh, that Elon Musk had said, and it was pretty much, do you or do you not agree? Do you or do you not agree with this? Um, and it was earning $10,000 is far easier than saving $10,000. And I think 98, 98% of people said yes. But you do find, I think personally, is that people don't want to make the shift as far as you know, looking for a job that earns more purely because the uh, job description attached to it. So there, must, there might be far more prestige saying that you're a, a sales exec at a business than a factory worker, even though the factory or shift worker may potentially earn twice as much. Yep. I, I, I would agree with that. You know, people get caught up with their appearances. Yeah. And end of the day, if you've got something that's putting money in the bank, there's no shame in that, no matter what you're doing, you know. Even if it's the least glorious job in the world, if you're putting food on the table, if you're putting money in the bank, you know, you shouldn't should never feel embarrassed by that or anything like that. So it's 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 okay to um to to do what you know is going to earn you money, I, I guess. Um, but yeah, look, I, I do think that the mantra of people at the moment, like it would, it would it would be interesting to see, you know, about saving versus earning because um, people, you know. There's a lot of opportunity out there, but a lot of people are just happy. You know, I think with COVID and with the work-life balance and everything like that, it's probably given everyone a bit of a different perspective that they're happy with what they have. And, you know, it's not saying it's, it's, it's killed ambition or anything like that, but, you know, people maybe not want to make that step because they're comfortable where they are. Mm. Um, but then, you know, if they're just comfortable where they are, they're, as I said earlier, spending 100, making 100, spending 100, yeah. then they're not really saving either. They're just, you know, but if that's what people like, then that, that's, that's fine. I feel like if you really have a bit of go about you, um, there's a lot of opportunity to make good money just because there's less people that are willing to do, you know, 60, 70 hour weeks. Yes, uh, that may not be deemed healthy. Yep. But in the short term, I feel you're sort of setting yourself up. That, that compound outlook, like the compound interest, you put the hard yards in in your 20s and 30s. And you, you may not see the uh, the outcome or the results until your 50s or 60s, but, you yeah, know, yep. I, I found that, you know, I bought my first unit in Kyabram, uh before we went to China. Uh, the second unit I bought at fucking 20 in Shep. Uh, that was the one I just renovated before moving into this one. But I'm, I'm starting to see, yes, like I went to Shep in uni I didn't do O weeks. I worked night shifts at a factory in Echuca at the time. Like, it's not that glamorous, but financially, I know that I'm going to be in a far better position. You know, whether I've got a partner or don't, like, I don't need to rely on a secondary wage or, you know, be with someone necessarily. But it's just, you know, setting yourself up sensibly. Like, yeah, you can have fun, but you really got to look after yourself at the end of the day. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because either way you're sacrificing something. Yeah. Because you know you're sac you're sacrificing your social life, and, you know, um, new experiences to earn that money. Whereas you know people on the other side of the coin might be happy to sacrifice a bit of extra money to have those experiences. So it's, it is a balancing act because you don't want to go too heavy one way and then you know yeah, and there's got to be some sort of balance. Yeah, no, sure. it, it, exactly right. But you know, I, I do think you know you, you reap what you, you reward. You sorry. You reap what you sow. That's that's the one. So if you can, um, you know, you put in the hard yards, it's definitely going to pay off down the track. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. As, as you said, you know, you, you've sacrificed uni, like I mean, O week, which like we both did because that was the one, not the one, but one of the detriments of Shep Uni, the social offs. Um, wasn't that good. They well, were mainly mature. When, when you say too. there was no good, there was there was no social life. Like I remember for our, um, like a Christmas break up, we had one hour at the GV hotel. You know that that and there was about fifteen people there. That that's what you're sort of dealing with. Yeah. But you know, but we sacrificed that so we could so we could you know work and and earn money whilst we're studying. So in some ways we got ahead. Some some ways we got behind. I like that. Um, what's your take on? Uh, Salary sacrifice. It's really good. Yeah. Yep. Obviously not too like you gotta again you gotta weigh it up again because superannuation, it you know, if you're if you've just got a um, industry fund and it is invested, you know, in a in a um like BT panorama or something like that, where it's just a managed fund, you know, if you've got it there, like you yet you can't argue with data. Data is the most power you could ever have is data. And if you look over the last 40 years, 50 years with shares and managed fund, if you've got a 70% 70, 70, um, aggressive versus 30% defensive asset, so that your 70% would be like um, shares and things like that and your 30% would be cash. So you never, if it, if it you know, if, you, if the shares go up heaps, you're still not going to get it all because you've got the 30% there. But if it goes down, you know. It's a hedge. Exactly right. They do 7% every 10 years, 7%. Yeah. That like that's, that, that is, that like on data, they do, that's 7%. Like last year, people at work, um, our managed fund was Lucruf, but because they were doing quite badly, I think they like merged with Australian Super. Yep. And people are looking at the data and it's like, oh, you know, I lost 2%. But it's like, yeah, if you were with Australian Super the year before, they went up 20%. Well, you, like, like it all balances out. It, exactly right. So again, it, but it's something you've got to weigh up because I'll, you know, I put more money into my super than just the standard yeah, thing because, no, but I, I have a luxury that I have some disposable income that I can do that. So you've also got to remember too that it's all well and good to put your money in there, but like for people, like for us, we can't touch it for another thirty years. So you've got to be prepared to play the long game. Yeah. So you never want to you never want to overcommit and then leave yourself short right now. That's a good point. But if you can put an extra again, a bit like the home loan stuff, if you can put an extra fifty bucks in there or even an extra hundred bucks a month or something, it's just gonna again the compound the compound factor is you know. Uh, unbelievable like i remember i had a few mates ask me when covid was going remember they offered you the government said you could take 10 grand out of your super and then you could do it again the next financial year mm. on average if you did that over i think it was like a 20 or 40 i can't remember if it was 20 years or 40 years but that tw- that 20 grand you took out would have been worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars. crazy it is that's fucked it, it it is so it's just about you know doing things like that to help you you know plan for your future and you know as i said like this is probably more financial planning sort of things than it is accounting. Yeah. Um, um, also, this isn't financial advice. Yeah, no, I'm, I said I'm, I'm an accountant. <laughs> so if, if people want to take it further, ask your accountant to get a referral to a financial planner or go see a financial planner because these are the things that they can help you just, you know, mm. manage a little bit better and help you plan. Um, and just about, yeah, you know, I said, it's probably things that a lot of people our age, they don't think about this sort of stuff, but it's just the little things that can help them get along. You know, as in it's about playing the long game. It's not about, geez, you know, let's invest in this share because it's gone up, you know, you, you buy the shares at 10% and, you, and it gets to four bucks and you think, oh, how good is that? It's about, you know, playing the stats, playing the long game. And, you know, it's not going to help you right now, but it will in 10 years, 20 years, the exponential factor will just be, yeah, it will be quite high. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Are there any other sort of tax tips 
just keep your receipts. Receipts. <laughs> like that would be number one. I don't know how many people that tell me, you know, they come in for their tax and they're like, oh, you know, I brought this and I brought that. You got, you got your receipts. Oh, not too sure. Luckily, now you can see my bank statements and that sort of stuff. But it's just about you know, making sure that you're you're claiming the most that you can. Um, people are going to notice a fair bit in their tax returns this year. I'm not sure if, you know, I couldn't imagine most people would have tuned into the budget because, again, it's boring, pretty boring. But, um, you know, it, it's obviously telling us what, what the – what the, what the government are doing going forward. And where everyone, they would have remembered a couple of years ago, they brought in the small to in, uh, middle income tax offset and it's like that you got the extra $1,000 um, $1, um, tax offset in your tax. So you pretty much got an extra $1,000. Yeah. That, that's cancelled. Yeah, so right. pretty much a, a lot of people will you, they, they will feel that because, you know I, know, I know a lot of people, they rely on their tax return to go buy something or do something with that. Whereas or it's going to like the the personal loan off that they yeah yeah exactly right so even so it's little things like that where that that's now gone you know obviously the economy is is not going too well um you know so it's you know it's just little things like that where you know people need to be aware of that because i'm, I'm sure that the people that won't know that and they'll be questioning say oh you know last year i got 2200 now i'm only getting four, um 1400 what's happening there and you're like well actually you, your wages you know we've claimed the same and everything like that but it's actually just these offsets so that's something that people be aware of there you go. How do you think uh, the future stacks up for people our age, 20s, 30-year-olds? I think, you know, in Australia we're quite fortunate that there's so much opportunity out there. So it's a bit like what we said, if you're prepared to do the work, the world is your oyster. Like you can, you know, you can get to where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you're, as, as I said, if you're prepared to do that, like, you know, as you can sort of do what you want, as the, the opportunities yeah, country versus some other countries is, is quite high. And, you know, as I said, you just got to be prepared to do the work. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, just trying to like slowly wrap it up. Uh, what advice would Billy give to younger self, Billy? Oh, I'll probably pull his head in a little bit. Pull his head in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like in, a, like in a business end, I, I think that I... I think you're know, doing pretty well, like... Oh look, I'm 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 going yeah not, not too well. I said I'm actually a, a um, part owner in in the yeah, firm. Yeah, you're doing pretty well. Which was like. which is which is um, you know I, I feel as though I worked quite hard to get myself there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, look, I I just sort of say just you know I'll pay a bit more attention at uni, work a bit harder, that sort of stuff. But it's a bit like what we said earlier. Like if I, you go too far one way and you don't still enjoy yourself, you know you're going to burn yourself out immediately. So again, I, I know I've spoken a lot about playing the long game, but you got to remember, like, you know, you, you know what we're saying, you, you work hard and everything like that, but you still got to take the foot off the gas a little bit because you don't want to be fucked by the time you're 35. You, you, most people are going to be working till they're 40 or 50. I'm oh, sorry, 50 or 60. So you, yeah. you got to, you're still a fair bit to go, a few decades in there. So they're know. still trying to push the uh, pension, like the retirement age. So pension age is 67 at the moment. Yeah. Do you no, sorry, retirement age is 67. I think you can still get your pension at 65. Do you reckon they'll push that out for us? I'm sure by the time we get there, it'll be 70. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to thank medicine for that because it makes us live longer. So what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> but the difference now, like versus people now retiring versus us, is that we've had we've had superannuation from day dot. Yeah, so it, the superannuation guarantee came in in 1992, was it? It was oh, only like 3%. I, yeah, Pretty sure. Like it wasn't much. Like no, and what it's is it going to be twelve and a half percent by twenty twenty five? Yeah, it's getting there. So yeah. it's going. It's going up. It's ten ten and a half percent at the moment, and it's eleven percent in uh, at first of July. Mm. And yeah, it's been a gradual thing. I think when I first started in the industry, it might have been about 
7% and it's just it was going up 0.5, 0.5. Then it was at 9.5% for a fair while and yeah, now it's just gradually going back up again. But I think it is it's either it's going to get to 12 or 12.5%. 12 sure. So, you know, that's just another – like it's a cost that employers have to wear and, you know, probably a lot of people aren't aware of it. You know, they're still paying you more money. It's just unfortunate it's not in your hand at, at, at this present time. Exactly. Unless, of course, your uh, salary. Well – what do you mean, sorry? Like if you sell, like if it's a all-inclusive salary as opposed to a wage, so waged employees would be effectively getting it paid. Whereas if you like salary package of one hundred and twenty k, wouldn't it be just almost taken out of your pocket? Oh, the, uh, or is this an educational piece for me as well? It might be. It depends on your salary package because sure. some of it is super on top, some of it could be super inclusive, inclusive. but still you're still going to get your SGC, like super guaranteed charge. You're still going to get the increases if you're on a salary or a wage. Gotcha. Yep. So like I, I know like for myself, I'm on a salary, so at more sort of caps, you know, you could work 10 hours or you could work 50 hours, you're still going to get your salary sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, you're still getting your superannuation on top of that. Yeah, gotcha. Legend, mate. Uh, where can listeners... Get a bit more ability. Yep. So if um, if anyone wants to have a chat about, you know, anything we've spoken about today, I work at Plus One Group in Shepparton. Um, yeah, on, on the web, we've got a website there. Just, yeah, sure, just Google Plus One Group. More than happy to have a chat with anyone that, you know, wants to um, talk a bit further about tax financial planning. We're fortunate enough to have a financial planning team within our firm. So, yeah, as I said, I'll, I can sort of give you a bit of an intro and then hand it over to them. They're the guys, they're the experts. We're just, you know, we're, we're just the tax men. <laughs> Good stuff, mate. Thank you. No, no worries. Thank you. Cheers. See you guys. Bye.